Over the next two years, Walter would watch the news on every channel he could, learning more about the outside world than he had ever known, ever cared to know. Then two years ago, the terror had begun. He had watched it all unravel over such a small amount of time on every news channel he could find. Moment by moment, Walter watched as the world fell apart around him. He saw the dead folk that walked on his screen many times, and also the horror that often followed in those short, terrible clips. He watched it all, right up until two months into the terror when the TV channels, one by one, started to become nothing but static fuzz. Then nothing. He hadn't gone into town immediately. Now he only wandered down to the tiny store in Elam once every couple of months to stock up on things that he couldn't grow in his garden or trap in the woods. He waited a few days before he did finally go, and when he got there he was surprised how quiet the town was. The shop was open, but the young girl who normally served him had been replaced by her elderly grandmother. He'd asked about the girl, and the grandmother said that she had rushed off to London to be with her father in the troubled times. He asked if the old woman had heard anything about the news and the terror, but the old lady just shrugged. I don't pay a lot of attention to world doings, she'd said. Walter bought out everything of use he could find in the shop and left. When he got back to the lodge, he went to the small storage box at the back of the structure, took out the three woodcutter's axes that were propped up against the side of the tiny space and carried them inside. One he left at the front door, one at the back, and the other, a much smaller hand axe, he attached to his belt. He had killed three of the creatures in the last two years. Two of them had been dressed in fishermen's overalls, and they had wandered in off the road a hundred yards away, maybe attracted to the small outside light on the front of the lodge. They had been so slow they might just as well have been comatose, and he supposed that in a way they were. After they both lay dead on the gravel drive, he had sat on the wooden steps and cried. The third he killed had been the old woman, the next week, when he went to stock up again. It was then that he realized that the world around him had gone awry, and that it had done so right up to his front door. He suddenly knew that the only way he would survive was if he cut himself off completely. The lodge, his home, was distant enough to do that, especially now that Elam, the nearest village, was deserted. In the last four years his garden had grown to a considerable size. He'd also taken up hunting rabbits with some success. This was something he could do, he decided. That was, until he met the fourth creature. He'd sensed it approaching through the woods and was standing ready for it when it stumbled out of the tree line. It was dark, lightless, apart from the small lamp outside the front of the house, and Walter could see the thing lumbering along completely oblivious to him. In fact, as it traipsed through his vegetable patch and carried on heading toward the drive and the road, he wondered if he wouldn't have to kill it. Maybe it wouldn't even notice him. He stepped backward, moving into the heavier shadow at the side of the house, deciding to let the creature pass by. Then he felt a pain at the back of his head, and felt a trickle of blood run down onto the collar of his shirt. His head swam with dizziness for a moment, and he stepped back, spinning round to see what had struck him. The crunching of gravel on the drive, 
fast footsteps heading away. Walter's eyes were blurred, but he could still make out the receding figure running with a limp, he thought. He hurried back into the house, shutting the back door as quietly as he could, and stopped for a moment to lean against the porch wall before heading quickly to the bathroom. It was a cut, or a deep scratch, barely two inches long, and it was bleeding a lot. He couldn't make it out clearly in the small mirror, and it was difficult to line up Mel's tiny makeup mirror with the equally tiny toilet mirror so that he could see the back of his head. It hurt a lot, he knew that much, and he felt tired. Very tired. Whatever it was that attacked him was gone now, as was the creature that had stumbled through his vegetables. Walter took a bandage from one of the first aid kits stacked up in the kitchen and stuck it to the back of his head, then went to lie down. He'd get some sleep. The place was locked up, and the creature, or creatures, had gone. He was fine. Sleep was what he needed. Maybe the headache would go away, and in the morning it would be warm again and he wouldn't feel so cold. Walter Jennings slept like the dead. The creature ran onwards into the night, driven by a base, mindless urge that never faded or grew weary. It had an evil energy that burned bright. It was not flesh that it sought, nor hunger that drove it. It was blood, and the need to infect. Its burning, dead eyes bored into the darkness, scanning for anything that lived and breathed. It had touched many since it had first crawled from the darkness of the Channel Tunnel, and the lights of the larger town in the distance beckoned it.